Hello, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 72. We will be finishing up the remainder of Paragraph 2 on page 72 by reading and commenting on the specific lines that begin on the 10th line with time after time newcomers have tried through to the conclusion of this paragraph on page 73 with until they told someone else all their life story. Today's readers are Nancy C, Dara L, Crystal P, and Diane B. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 19, 2021, are 17,382 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 17382, and 17,383 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 17383. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy C. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., Graceful Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling in today from Washington, D.C. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
8, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Nancy C. I will now ask Sarah L. to read the OA 12 tradition. Great. Thank you so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for your service. Thank you, Zara L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we will be finishing up the remainder of paragraph 2 on page 72 in the big book by reading and commenting on the specific lines that begin on the 10th line with time after time newcomers have tried through to the conclusion of this paragraph on page 73 with until they told someone else all their life story. I will now ask Crystal P to go ahead and read that for us. Hi, good morning. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. Good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., Recovered Compulsible Reader from Toronto, Canada. Um, when I did my step four, I, I came into it knowing that I was going to do, that I, I, I know I did a fearless, thorough, honest, step five with my with my sponsor and the reason I did it there were things I did not want to tell her I, I didn't even know how I was going to say out loud how the words were going to come out of my mouth things that I thought I was going to take to the grave um, but I said it all and uh, without reservation because because of this line because I knew that I have a fatal disease and I just I don't want to die of it you know and um, so I was willing to do that but what I've come to realize is that this process of going through step four through nine, it's not a one-time process. It, it's practice for the rest of my life. Because yes, when I went into my first step five, I was willing to say everything. But in my daily life, more things come up. And there are things, and there will be things where I, I don't want to admit them. I don't want to admit them to my sponsor or to God or even to myself. You know, and I noticed this pattern um, uh, in me where whenever I, I think something, I I feel I shouldn't think, you know, things like um, if I show God that I like this, God will take it away from me. Um, the fear that, you know, I'm afraid that program will somehow take me away from, from my religious faith uh, and make me choose between program and my religious faith. Um, fear that there are things in my life that I'm, that I'm not surrendered about, where, you know, if God said to me, Krishna, I, I don't want you to have this, I wouldn't be willing to, you know, just give it up on its own. Those, those thoughts scare me so much that I start to hide them from God, from my sponsor, from everyone, and I pretend they don't exist. And whenever I do that, I find myself back right in this paragraph. I only thought I was humble. I only thought I was working the program, but I was not. And when I, when I get into that place, I can tell because there's a lot of frantic action. I start to hide from my sponsor. I start to feel uncomfortable in prayer. I start to go to all other fellows and do all these step tens with other fellows because I'd rather do all of that work. I start to listen to all these podcasts and do all this extra writing. And it's because I don't want to do the one thing which I have to do, 
which is be honest about the one thought that I think I shouldn't have. And it's only when I'm willing to do that one thing, you know, all the other stuff almost doesn't matter until I'm willing to do that one thing that I'm, I wasn't willing to do before. And when I'm honest about that, and it's so, it's so funny because whenever I'm lying about things, God already knows about it. Most of the time my sponsor already knows about it. And they're just waiting for me to come and say it to them. You know, um, it's only me that I'm lying to. And the moment I'm done lying to me, mostly because I'm, I found myself in so much of pain from living in this disease in my head, that I'm willing to say, okay, I'm done lying. And when I bring it to God and I bring it to my sponsor and I'm finally honest is when I can start to recover again. And none of my other actions can help me until I'm willing to do that one thing that I wasn't willing to do. Thanks. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Crystal T. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So, if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the part of paragraph two on page 72 in the big book that begins with line 10, with time after time newcomers have tried through until they told someone else all their life story, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Christina J. I heard Christina Day and Nessa R. Claire E from the UK. Claire E. Somebody's unmuted and oh, there you go. Anybody else want to get in line? Liz E for Elegant Liz. from the UK. Sure. Liz E, gotcha. Well, don't all speak at once. <laughs> Christina J, Nessa R. Tina S. Liz E and Tina S. Okay. How Julie E.B. Oh, okay. I heard two people, Julie E.B. And was it Colleen, maybe? Something like Colleen. Was there someone at the same time as Julie E.B.? No. Okay. Well, Colleen M. With a C. Oh, it is Colleen. I'm sorry, okay, it, keeps, now, it keeps muting me. I don't know why. That's okay. Colleen M. as in Mary? Correct. Gotcha. Okay, so this is the list. Christina J, Nessa R, Claire E, Liz E, Tina S, Julie E B, and Colleen M. Christina J, go right ahead. Good morning, good morning, my fellows. Christina J from the state of Washington. Um, Friday, I celebrated one year of total neutrality around food and abstinence, and I'm still in recovery as far as my emotional body goes. When I was born, um, I was born into a very strange atmosphere, um, a lot of drama, a lot of abuse, a lot of all kinds of things going on like many of us. Um, but uh, So I learned a real quick tool. I learned to go numb. I learned to shut down. And that tool went on with me through my life because the drama did not end for 17 years of my life that I stayed in that home. 
and I finally got myself out of there and began to live life. But it was a tool that was now ingrained in the marrow of my bones. So when I first did my first fifth, um, I put everything down because I wanted recovery, and I wanted to do exactly what my what I thought at the time was my hardcore, heavy sponsor, you know, envisioned. <laughs> and I want to do everything right because I got me a good one, you know. And um, so I did. I, I knew I put down everything that I discovered. But I'm so good at numb that I didn't know that I was going to go out into the world and walk the rest of my days after that process of getting through the 12 steps. Uh, still holding on to stuff, still stuff that I didn't know was there. But that's the gift of this program because I think that God reveals to us exactly what we need to put down, uh, at least for me. Um, and then we put it down and we do the best we can. But the crucial elements of the rest of the steps become very, very crucial, especially for those that feel like we did put everything down. Uh, we have got to then continue on a daily basis to work 10 and 11. I was working 12. I was thrilled to start working with others and share what I knew and blah, blah, blah. But... Um, I was not doing 10 and 11. I, I didn't really feel like I knew what all that was about and that wasn't important. So what did I do? All those things that were still down there and all my daily fear, egotism, uh, was was still uh, being numbed out and pushed down. And I, uh, the thing that I didn't stay honest with was my food. I started messing around with my over, my my uh, abstinent food and um, kept was starting to overeat. I would have what I called banana episodes. <laughs> Uh, and I would just go on, and I wasn't being honest with my sponsor about it. And I heard uh, something in yesterday's uh, uh, 10 o'clock meeting, honesty starts transformation. I love that. Honesty starts transformation. And that's what we can take to this fifth step, is bring that honesty in. As you know, as scary as it is, and I was very scared to say some of these heavy-duty things that I'd done in my life. Uh, and I did go back to the food because I didn't continue and the thing is, for me, what I want to say to newcomers is when you get through this and you lay everything out on the table, then you continue. You've got to continue and continue to tell the things that are coming up and work through those. Otherwise, the warning is we, we go back, and I did go back. So anyway, thank you all so much. I'm so grateful that I've reached a year, and there's a, a level of change in me that's happening that I've never experienced Hi. before. I can only encourage those that are out there to get on this train and get going. Thank you all for hanging in there with me for this year. I love you all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Christina J. Nessa R., followed by Claire E. Hi. Good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I'm going to jump on the 10-step bandwagon because it says here, they wonder why they failed. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. Like, if I do uh, a spring cleaning once a year, but um, I don't do anything to keep up um, with that during the rest of the year, I don't do the light dusting, the, the mopping, the sweeping, you know, uh, the wiping. Um, have I really completed my house cleaning? Um, I really haven't. Um, and this is what step 10 is. It's that, that light dusting and wiping and mopping and and, and, and weeping um, that we do in our houses, but this is we do um, to our connection with God. I mean, like that's the purpose of this whole inventory process. You know, steps four to nine is just to, to clear all the blockages that have accumulated over time, you know, the spring cleaning, 
but you know, new blockages occur and I have to make sure that I keep dealing with them. Um, and I've seen so many sponsees um, fall here. You know, they finished step nine, uh, they worked diligently up until that, 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 that point, put the book away and they continue doing whatever they've been doing before they even started going to the steps. And before we know it, you know, they're, they're in the food. And, you know, the daily phone calls become, hi, how are you? I'm fine. I did this. I did that. I went here. I went there. I called this person. I talked to that person. And, like, um, you know, step 10, no, everything is fine. Everything is fine, really. Like, nothing upset you throughout the day. Nothing got your nose out of joint. Nothing uh, annoyed you. Um, you know, no, no, everything is fine. And then, then um, you know, the you know, then the food um, sneaks in. Um, step 10 is such an important part of this house cleaning process. And I know that here we, we are meant to be discussing step five. Uh, step five is part of step 10 because step 10 comprises steps four through nine. Uh, it's just it's done on a daily basis. Um, you know, if I want to have a, a clear channel to God in step 11, I need to make sure that any uh, new blockages get cleared away in that step 10. And, and this is what happens um, when, um, when, when we don't, you know, we fall. Um, I don't want to fall. I continue doing step 10. Uh, just because I'm recovered doesn't mean that I don't get annoyed, um, that I, all my interactions are perfect, that I like everything, that everything goes my way. And because I'm human and because I don't do things perfectly and things don't go my way, I need to continue doing this one day at a time for the rest of my life so that the food doesn't become um, an option again for me. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Claire E. followed by Liz E. Thanks, Rebecca. My name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in uh, Cornwall in the UK. Um, yeah, step five. Um, I, I love this. The best reason first is we skip this vital step, you know, vital being life-giving and absolutely necessary. Um, and I'm just thinking about my previous step five. So I've done quite a lot of step fives. I've been around the program since 1993. Um, I was listening yesterday and identified people who came into retreatment centres where we were encouraged to do life stories and and um, and step fours and fives and various different sort of ways and methods of doing it. So I was very much programmed, you know, having been around fellowship since I was 18. Um, what I only describe and have described is sort of verbal bulimia. I was quite happy to tell anything, anyone anything about me. I'd, I'd sort of inappropriately so. Um, I'd come out with the horror stories um, on, on the flick of the fingers. And, um, you know, that's sort of how I approached step five um, many times. And, um, you know, it wasn't a humbling fearless and honest inventory and experience to me at all it was it was almost like shock value it was almost like ego in a sort of reverse sense of how much how bad could I be um and so I sort of fell time and time and it never really worked for me I never really found a sense of um it was a sort of slight sense of catharsis as I as I announced my terrible things to people and then sort of moved on but um you know and it's cost me lots of relapses you know I, I from my failure to sort of grasp the program um I've ended up back in the food numerous times and the last time ended three and a half years ago when I came back in and even then I would I would honestly my step five when I got abstinent I was so hung up on process and getting it right that I don't think I actually had an experience of being real 
Um, and I've just redone the steps. And I think this is probably one of the first step fives I've done where um, where I have hopefully been a lot more real and, and authentic. Um, you know, this thing about humility, fearlessness and honesty. And it goes on the next paragraph to talk about the stage actor. And, you know, for me, it was all about the window dressing. I was either fine or I was a complete mess. There was no genuine honesty around where I was at, what wasn't serving me you know, and, and how to be real. And I said, being being sort of very verbal bulimic on someone once was absolutely fine, but to be consistently authentic with with a, with, with a few people, um, my sponsor being one, you know, really hard to actually go back to them time and time again. I've messed it up again, you know, I, I'm, this is me. And, you know, genuinely, my sponsor when I got abstinent was the first person, I think, in my life I'd really get to know me, the warts and all. And most of my stuff is pretty petty, it wasn't massively dramatic, actually. It was mostly that I get upset because people don't seem to like me, because I'm not included, because other people go out and they don't invite me. It was stuff that my logic, you know, my logic told me I shouldn't feel. And yet that was what bothered me. Those were the things not serving me. Those, those sort of attitudes and self-pity and dishonesty, that was all the stuff that was blocking me from God. And um, you know, I love to say only thought they'd leave, lost their egoism and fear. They'd only thought that there's too much thinking going on, too much thinking for me thinking's not a good place for me to be I need to go at this from a from a heart level and genuinely share myself and be open and there's a little magic that comes when it's witnessed inventory with some higher power there and another human being that's just an absolutely magic experience I will leave it there thank you thank you Claire E Liz E followed by Tina S Hi, uh, good morning, good afternoon, Liz E on holiday in sunny Cornwall, UK. My name is Liz, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and available for sponsoring. Um, as people have said, I've recently gone through the steps again and the step five really revealed to me some things that I hadn't uh, looked at before and one of the things was the models that I hold uh, for how people should behave in my family. I've ascribed them all a role, that they should do this and they should do that. And particularly as the eldest sister, I, had a, I have a view about how my siblings should behave and that that should be the same as when my mother was alive. And then when my sponsor said, well, when did your mum die, thinking it was about six months ago? I said, well, 20 years ago. And saying that out loud was shocking. That, you know, it was sad my mum died so long ago, tick. But actually, for me to be holding on to these models, that job descriptions that I've set for people, and you know, they're not fulfilling those job descriptions. Because guess what? It's their own business and I am busy minding their business. I've got to get out of the way. And when I did the step six, I had this amazing picture of breaking chains. That I have to break the chains and the thinking and the behaviors of, you know, what I have chained myself to. And it's only by really doing this. Uh, a number of step fives over the years and but doing looking at what are my resentments not other people's for having the past done you know i've written a book virtually about 
horrible people are to me and what I've experienced, et cetera, et cetera. But flipping it and really understanding how this big book asks to do this, which is what is Liz's resentment? What and what is the cause in 19 words or less? And what are my character defects? Because those character defects from God. And since redoing the steps, I also know that I have to intentionally connect with God and higher power more than I was ever doing. And I have to practice pause. I have to practice before, I have to notice and practice before I open my mouth. And as, you know, people will share, there's no easy way. You just have to take the action. This is a program of action. So let. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Liz E. Uh, for those who came on the meeting late, we are sharing on the part of paragraph two on page 72 in the big book that begins on line 10 with time after time newcomers have tried to the end of that paragraph. And next is Tina S followed by Julie E.B. Thanks so much for your service, Rebecca. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. You know, um, I haven't been able to share for a while. I'm working mandatory overtime, which is such a luxury problem, you know. But, you know, some great stuff. And I just had to share on this because, you know, a couple um, sentences prior, you know, the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. That is totally my experience. You know, I came in, I thought I could sit by you, I could get this thing through osmosis, and I probably didn't have to do as much as you had to do, because I wasn't that bad. You know, and, and I just love what a person said before, once I speak this stuff and say it out loud, and I hear it myself, I think, really? Really? Um, you know, and so I didn't do the steps for, for a long period of time. And a lot of that was about my perfectionism. I can't do it perfect. You know, well, I will never do anything perfectly. I will do it to the best of my ability. And once I thoroughly understand that for me, then I can move forward because perfectionism is a character defect for me that leaves me in a state of procrastination over and over and over again. You know, and then when I came in and I actually did, you know, put pen to paper, you know, and read the black in the book and not in between the lines and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I followed directions that were, you know, people were given to me and they've been freed from this obsession, you know, and they haven't had a transformation. You know, I, I started to get this stuff, but I love that it talks about, you know, um, they took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. You know, and, and, and let me just tell you, this is my experience. When I first did step four and five, I didn't lose a lot of that stuff. I mean, I, you know, I still had to do six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12, you know, continually. And so, you know, when I got to 10, 11, and 12, and I started to do, continue to do this personal inventory after I did the, the thorough stuff, you know, day after day after day, and shared the 10 step with people, and they showed me where, you know, where I was at fault, and then I could start to turn to a power greater than myself and continue to do this stuff. You know, because let me just tell you, I continue to do some of the stuff that I used to do, and, and I don't get the result that I want. You know, so I don't wait as long today. You know, I don't want to be as, in pain as long to get a, to be in, in a state of grace, to be in a, in a state of peacefulness, because that's what I come here for, you know, and food is just but a symptom, for sure. You know, that is on the back burner. That, I have a plan. I follow it. 
regardless, you know, but how do I live my life today? And that is through, you know, um, one day at a time, slowly over time, losing that egoism and fear through the process of the steps. You know, this is some great stuff, and I look forward to the rest of the shares. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you. Tina S. Julie E.B., followed by Colleen M. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado Springs. <laughs> the part I love about this is that, uh, yeah, time after time, you know, my disease wants me to hold on to things. And I think they're essential. I think that if I fear and terrorize myself, I can stay out of the food. If I'm hard on myself, in the second half of the program, I'm trying to white-knuckle my character defects, then I can get better. And this, this, uh, these steps are telling us the opposite, that the egoism and fear that I let go of as I face my resentments, my guilt, and my fear, these are actually the unsaleable goods. And the funny part is holding on to things doesn't work because just like when I was, you know, 300 pounds and I figured nobody noticed I had an eating problem, same is true when my ego kicks up or my fear kicks up and I start going into some of my defective characters. Really? Like no one in my family notices? No one at work notices. I just hold on to resentment, harbor it. Someone said on Sunday for a little time. So if I put it out on the table, then I don't have to fear anything. I just am who I am. And I find a power for me, a loving higher power that loves me in the mess. And the fifth step is one of my first chances to practice. What if I lay out everything and receive acceptance in return? Thanks for letting me share my past. Thank you, Julie E.B. Colleen M., and then we'll take more names of people to share. Hi, this is Colleen M. I'm going to give this a try because I keep getting muted, so we'll see if it works. Um, can I be heard? Yes, Colleen, we do hear you. Thank you. Um, grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Just uh, so grateful for being part of this, this group. And, um, you know, I only thought I had done a thorough inventory. Um, it's, you know, the tip of the iceberg, peeling the onion. You know, I've done a lot of fifth steps over the years I've been in recovery, but um, doing it completely abstinent and um, continuing to do the rest of the steps and then doing step 10, I'm just seeing more and more just how blocked I was from myself, my own emotions, my own uh, actions. You know, I, I definitely um, love the saying that I was expecting people to um, perceive me by my intentions, and my intentions did not match my actions. And so, therefore, people actually 
perceived me by my actions, which were, and they fell short. This morning I was trying to decide if I uh, needed to do a 10-step on something that was happening yesterday, and I couldn't really decide if I was, even if I had emotions about it. I, it just, I was uncomfortable in the situation. Um, so I, I started working on what we talked about a couple last week. Um, I took the uh, nine questions from page 69 and started um, asking myself in this situation, um, you know, where I had been selfish and dishonest. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me that if I just do what's presented and I follow the program, the um, I'm evolving as a person. And I'm actually getting to understand myself and like myself and I have much more compassion for myself, which then for, therefore, I can extend to other people. And I, I like the person that God is, is molding me into being, because I certainly know this is not something I'm doing on my own power, because I tried for years and could not do it. I could not be this person, no matter how hard I wanted to be. Um, so I just, uh, I love what, you know, as far as the 10-step goes, you know, we do this fifth step, we do it as completely as we can, but the more we grow, the more we uncover about ourselves, and I, I just, I'm really loving the journey. So thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a great day. Thank you, Colleen M. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the part of paragraph two in on page 72 in the big book that begins on line 10 with time after time newcomers have tried to the end of the paragraph, we have room for probably four people to share on that. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial if you'd like to. Rick J. Ben A. W. Joanne W. Wait, wait a second. Joanne W., but someone was at the same time. Jen A. A. Jen A. Got it. Okay. Kathy M. And maybe one. Say it once more. Was it Becky? Kathy M. Kathy. Okay, Kathy M. We have our four. Rick J., Joanne W., Jen A., and Kathy M., I believe you said. Correct me if I'm wrong. Rick J., go right ahead. Good morning. My name's Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, North Carolina. And, you know, one thing that really stood out to me in, in this is, um, you know, they held on to things. They, you know, they didn't tell someone else, you know, and I had this inventory and I, and I was, I was putting it down and I, the first time I ever did this and, you know, and I still had all these secrets. I had not released any of this stuff. And if I don't tell someone this, that, that humility uh, you know, that state of being vulnerable that's created when, when I'm sharing this with another human being, like it's telling me to do, it, I'm still holding on to stuff. And I love that um, spiritual math I heard one time, one plus one equals three, because when two people work together, God is always there. And, you know, when I was, you know, anytime I'm sharing one of my inventories, whether it's my first one or whether it's in a continued inventory as a part of step 10, it's still, I'm admitting to God, to myself and to another human being, the exact nature of my wrong, you know, and it's all well and good to have the exact nature of my wrong down on paper. But 
if I'm holding on to it, there's nothing I can release. You know, I've heard this is this program, this spiritual transformation. It's a process of, of what I'm releasing. And the more I release, the more I can open up for God to come in. It's God in my understanding. But yeah, I'm, I am as sick as my secrets. And I, I cannot live in secrets because secrets disconnect me from that power. That's the most important reason for me to share this with someone is that when I'm holding on to something, I have a secret, then I'm disconnected. You know, and it's about being connected to a power that's going to solve my problem. I want to be connected to a higher power. You know, and this for me, when I was going through this for the first time, this was the most powerful step I had yet, you know, done is, is this with another human being. Now I'm opening up the door. I'm showing you. I'm, I'm letting you in. And it was about trust. Trusting someone else enough to be able to do this. So I'm very grateful that, you know, going through this, this step, all the steps, this process of releasing and trusting and releasing that continuous process and inviting my higher power into this so I can connect to this power keeps me in on uh, transformation, the spiritual transformation process. I have to release this stuff so I can connect with that power. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick J. Joanne W. Followed by Jen A. Hi, I'm Joanne Wagner, um, recovering overeater and sugar addict from Pennsylvania. Um, just nervous. I've been here for Tanya Bet for a little while, but um, when I did do the steps. Um, a long time ago with my sponsor, just um, taking step four and step five of sharing things that I never thought would see the light of day. My past, my childhood abuse, even about me, and even things in group. And doing step four, finding my patterns, never thought that I, that never thought I was, never knew was a part of me. And finding that um, within the steps, I get to a certain point, is finding that I'm more of a watcher or comparing. My perfectionism gets in the way a lot of times, comparing myself to the shares or what other people are doing, thinking that I'm doing it wrong or Maybe I didn't do it exactly the way it was should be, so maybe I need to start over. Or getting so hung up and stuck on just thinking, overthinking everything, instead of letting the process just flow from step to step. And and finding that, always thought that I would go into program when I first started that I would find that it was like a one-time deal, that I would do it, I would get it done, I would find that happily ever after, and life would be good. Never thought about the other part after I shared everything and bared my soul to another person. The other part of of um, 
doing the work and finding out who I am and my patterns and my part in other things instead of blaming everybody else or finding my part and and the resentments and doing the work daily, which I don't always, and sometimes I'm dishonest in that area. And when I don't do it for a little while, seeing myself get stuck or finding myself that lost feeling instead of just redoing or trying to find that that perfect word or something somebody's going to say and say, okay, then I'll do it that way. Then it'll work and then I'll keep going. So I get to a point and then I stop again and feel that overwhelming feeling like I'll never get this and fear of, of finding all my fears of fear and that I have a fearful a negative outlook in life and, and there were it came from my my past, my childhood. Okay. I just wanted to say thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne W. from Pennsylvania. Jen A., you're next, followed by Kathy M. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, let's see, my experience in this area in uh, into action. You know, my experience was, I love the last part, all their life story. I was the girl who told all her life story, 49 pages front to back. You know, it was all of it. Don't leave anything out. And I wept as I told it. Um, you know, and I thought I was I was being fearless. And I thought I was showing up with humility. And I thought I was showing up with honesty. The problem was is that I missed the directions. Um, prior to uh, chapter six <laughs> in how it works, and I didn't do the fact-finding, fact-facing, fearless moral inventory, right? I didn't do the do the column work at all. Um, I just said it to another human being, and I used my sponsor um, like a counselor almost, right? Um, and the problem for me was is it didn't set me free. Um, I wondered why I fell, right? Um, I never completed the house cleaning as it's outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But my experience is when I found someone in whom the problem had been solved and they used this blue book, that's what I called it when I first came in, um, to do the work and do the inventory process. Um, And I did tell all of my life story um, in those columns, exactly how it was laid out. Then what I found is I went from being uh, you know, full of pride and anger and fear and grief and guilt and shame. And I, and, and when I gave away this inventory process, um, the load was lightened for me, right? The house cleaning, you know, when you clean your house, it smells fresh. You know, it's like that, they always call it that morning breeze freshness or that pine salt <laughs> smell. It was like your, my whole house smelled good, right? My life started to become lighter and more fragrant and more beautiful. And why is that? Because, you know, this step is integrity. With nothing left out, I get to show up different in that moment and tell somebody everything. And what this book tells me today at the bottom of page um, 72 and the top of page 73, these are the warnings that if I don't do this now in the fifth step and for the rest of my life, like others have spoken about in the tenth step, then I will surely go back and I will surely eat. Why? Because I'm no longer living above the line of integrity. I'm going back and living underneath the line of integrity in the pride, in the fear, in the grief, in the guilt, and the shame on a daily basis. 
And I would much better, much, much rather live above the light of integrity. Because when I do, somebody else talked about this morning, I'm no longer living in the secrets and the lies, right? I can't keep these secrets. This is my warning. If I'm keeping secrets, it's an impediment to God. I'm in shackles and bondage to who? Nobody but myself. And I want the shackles off my feet so that I can dance today. That's how I want to be, close to my creator, close to God. You know, secrets don't sit so well for me today in program. And I know that when there's a secret in there, I'll just finish by saying this. You know what? I I, want to get rid of it. I want to tell another. I want to disclose it. It's not free. It's not freeing at all. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jenna. Kathy M., You'll close us Hi. out. Hi, Kathy M., compulsive recovered overreader from Massachusetts. Um, uh, I've, I've done uh, several fourths and fifths over the years, and um, and I think I did a pretty good job. I, you know, life was going on pretty good. But the the last one I did, um, uh, a bunch of not a bunch, a couple of fears came up that um, I, that I had never had on my list before, and. Uh, you know, and, and and I and I walked through them with a with a loving sponsor and, and the help of um help of my higher power. And um, a month later, those fears manifested, and and I had to I had to really walk through them and look at them. And I'll be forever grateful that that I had done it. Um, there's no coincidence that I that I had talked about them and and looked at them and um and and I got through that that very sad difficult time in my life. Um, looking at those fears and walking through those fears because I know my higher power was with me. And, and, and even though it was very sad and difficult time, um, um, I had peace. Um, and I had peace because, uh, I had looked at them and, and, and taken care of them and, 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 and the pain's still there, but, but the fear is gone. Um, and, and that's, and, and that's just through the work of, of these steps in this program and, and, uh, and all you people that are in it, and, and my higher power. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy M. Wow, timing, excellent. Um, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July twentieth, two 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 17,387. That's 17387. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Diane B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you for a wonderful